Hey you, welcome to the Madness Continues podcast. Glad you were able to join us today. And by us, I mean me. I'm the only one who <laughs> who does this. Uh, hey, we've been, been getting, on, and by we, I mean me, have been getting a lot of traction on this podcast lately. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you have the time, please take a second to review this podcast. Give it a five-star rating if you believe it's worth five stars. And take a second to share it. If you really enjoy it, uh, it would mean a lot to me. I work very hard on this, and I'm starting to get better uh, guests for you. I'm starting to get some laughs, get some stuff going for you, and some support would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, If you do that, screenshot it, send it to me. My email address will be in the show notes. You just go ahead and send it to me. I will shout you out on the next podcast. I really appreciate you doing that. It's hard to start anything, and we talk about that today, actually, because today's guests are Mike Shannon and Alex Prevalos. Uh, they've both started stuff. Um, Mike Shannon started Packback, but he also started MakeSpace, which is a very cool, very unique show that goes on in Chicago at the Packback headquarters. He's really interested in creativity and being creative and appreciating people for their creativity and their vulnerability and their desire to want to create something in the world. And he's devoted one night a month to doing that at his company. I can't believe... He did it, honestly. It's spectacular. It's a very cool thing that he's doing, and I've never heard of anybody else doing it at an office ever. Alex Prevalos, meanwhile, has created The Storefront here in Chicago, which is a comedy venue that comedians uh, listening to this will know if you're from Chicago. I'm really stoked that they're on here, and we go through the whole story of how each is created. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for sharing this podcast and giving it a good rating. And please support... Uh, pack pack and make space the next one is on february 19th and there will be information in the show notes about how to check it out so there you go take care everybody crack that guy crack him crack him right up uh, there's the sound bite. That's the sound. Okay. Bite. Welcome. Here we are. We're at uh, we're at Packback headquarters here in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, we've got Alex and we've got Mike. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves so we can f- the audience can tell the the difference between the <laughs> the audio. Sure. Uh, I'll kick things off. My name's Alex and uh, work here at Packback and uh, also do some comedy on the side. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, that's what I thought. We t- we didn't. You and I have not connected yet. No, but I think you. I remember seeing uh, your name through the storefront before. Yeah. You, do you know who who were you talking to? <sighs> who was I talking to? Either Anton, Rob, uh, or Pat Thomas. Uh, actually, they all have beards, <laughs> uh, so they all look like me slightly. Yeah, uh, they all sound like comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I feel like I've seen your name all over the place before. Yeah, I've done. I mean, I'm pretty active in Chicago comedy. So. Definitely. Uh, so welcome to the madness continues, uh, Mike. If you want to introduce Great. yourself. Yes, Mike Shannon, uh, co-founder, CEO at Packback. Yeah, dude. Uh, so the reason this came together is because uh, you posted, I think, mm-hmm. Alex in the um, Chicago comedy uh, pages. I think right. something about like, hey, there's a show we're gonna. It's called Make Space Downtown. And uh, submit stuff. You know, we have artists and musicians and spoken word poets and yeah. visual artists. And it just was kind of cool. And I was like, shit, this sounds like fun. So I ended up posting. And then you guys had me. And it was like one of the most fun shows I've ever done in Chicago. Good. Good it, to hear. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I feel like sometimes uh, when stand ups and different performers see, you know, variety mic or everything, they kind of are a little bit hesitant at times where oh, for real. they'd be getting everything, but it's the shows run really well and it's it's a good mosh posh. Everything vibes pretty well together. I thought it was a great time and that's kind of what caused me to want to reach out to you guys. Uh, and I think I emailed you right afterwards, Mike, and yep. I was like, I, I would really love to talk with you on this podcast because it was basically, it was kind of one of the most eclectic things I had been to. And I was <laughs> like, for a company, a lot of companies... Um, I've got, and you know, my audience will know this. I've got a one foot has kind of been for a long time in the world of like sales and sales development. I talk to people like Trish Bertuzzi and Corey Bray and uh, people who found different sort of sales related companies and things like this, Um, as well as other entrepreneurs. But then like I have another huge like foot, obviously, in the world of comedy. And uh, a lot of companies really like making 
they like doing a lot of lip service to the idea that they're like, yeah, we got, we really care about like other creative shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then they like, don't do anything. Right. And so I was kind of, my mind was kind of blown. Cause I was like, this is really like the whole company is re- is here and embracing this concept where it's like, like they're really having a lot of different people in here just sure. doing stuff. So I thought that was super cool. What 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 led up? What's cr- what started the idea for that? Sure. Well, it helps when the company founders have, you know, half an identity fully in in the arts. Um, so the foundation of MakeSpace, um, which has gone through a few iterations, really just comes from uh, this is we'll, our next event in February will be our four year anniversary event. Um, it comes from us just looking for creative outlet there's a point in time in 20 2016 where um a few of us were out looking for better open mics and couldn't find this was at maybe the nascent or before the days of um like so far sounds mm-hmm. and we're looking for kind of that intimate type um attention to detail audience got it and couldn't really find that i i didn't really as a um you know i do a variety of hip-hop spoken word stuff um, was trying to understand the open mic circuit in sure. Chicago. And, and there, by there open mic, you mean one. like open mic, open mic. Anybody can come up and do anything. Well, I mean, show up early, stay late, yeah. sign up. <laughs> yeah, well, what you end up finding Wait is, for two hours for four minutes. Right, yeah, yeah <laughs> right, right. I mean, if you're looking for a hip-hop open mic, it's typically, you know, you're talking about a 1 a.m. type scenario. Like, I, I remember walking to um, Subterranean, uh, the right. six corners division, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, over at your spot by by the storefront. Yeah, and it, you know, it look, it's a cool environment, but as a uh, a hip hop open mic, it it didn't get going till one a.m. It was you know a Tuesday or Wednesday night, whatever night <laughs> they do it. <laughs> oh shit, man! I, yeah. You know, I'm up at five a.m. Yeah, I, I'm not. You yeah, know, it, it's yeah, hard. Yeah. To, the startup takes enough time, and uh, and then the the you know it's a bar audience so it's yeah. not like there's not people who are paying a ton yeah, of attention it, we're not talking right. about an attentive audience yeah. to like syllable count yeah it was it was more of like a cipher there was kind of like battles going on and and i think all of that's you know cool i like all of that all that stuff is great for what it is yeah but it's not you know i was looking for more of like a showcase kind of display yep um and then, you know, I, I think Reggie's maybe does some stuff. Like, you can find open mics whose north side bar and grill is, mm-hmm. is pretty good. But the the attentive audience is what we're looking for. And that's what I think, like, a So Far Sounds offers right now. What is, um, so, okay, so what is So Far Sounds? Because I don't even oh. know what that is. Oh, really? Yeah. Sure. You want to? You know him better than me. Uh, yeah, I can I can take a stab at it. I'm sure uh, if you got so far so far sounds listeners, they'll tear up my description here. <laughs> but uh, so far sounds is pop up shows around the country. Right. Um, I know they're organized um, fairly similarly. They usually kind of have this that pop up secret vibe to them, where you kind of don't know where the show's gonna be. Maybe until Got the it. night before, until or the like day last of. minute. Yeah. yeah, right. Limited tickets, um, unconventional spaces, so you'll never typically see So Far Sounds doing a show at Chicago Theater. Yeah. Um, there's like a, this is very similar to uh, in Chicago, don't tell comedy Uh, really their whole, not just Chicago, their whole, they're nationwide also. Like, I think they're in like four cities now, but same thing or in Chicago more, uh, more acutely as a shithole comedy where they don't shithole. They won't tell you until like the night of where the show's going to be. Uh, yeah. And like, that's their whole vibe and I shithole would never do or typically does not do shows in a traditional theater space. Remember I was uh, talking with Zach way back when, when I was trying to set up the storefront, and I had like a theater and a state, like a, a stage and everything built. And he's like, "Yeah, I wouldn't put performers there. I'd put them in the corner over <laughs> here. I'd put seats over them. Like, oh, that's interesting. Like, just kind of. So that's kind of that vibe of so far sounds, and it's they get really, really powerful, impactful, big band names too. It's not that's cool. It's usually not like a sign up or kind of a thing. Um, yeah, so it's a, there. There's a level above an open mic. It's so a that, high quality that setting. Yeah. Back to the story, that setting is right. what. Yeah, you know, I would but it's say, not a finished product yet. Like no, that's kind of. Right, right. It's still like people it's, are still in production, kind of. It's interesting. Some of I'd say a lot of the people. It's really big in like Los Angeles and New York, and you'll see people who are successful musicians sure. with albums out doing so far sounds. Yeah, and they they're pretty. They're very organized. Actually, I mean, talking about. Creative muscles, Billy Walsh. If you talk about him at all, shout out to Billy Walsh. Yeah, shout out to Billy Walsh. Actually, the guy that brought me 
on to Packback yeah. uh, is a guy who worked here for a very long time from the beginning, yep. and he actually kind of moved on to music, which was his passion to be. I believe he's some semblance of a Chicago director for So Far Sounds. Oh wow! So he's the name Billy Walsh even sounds. You've if you you've seen him around. He's he's a uh, Moon Sharks, the improv group. I'll give him a shout out. Those guys have been together forever. Yeah. Uh, but he's uh, the best goddamn cigar box guitar player you can find, <laughs> probably this side of the Mississippi. And uh, his band uh, Willem. Uh, Willem and the Hurricane, I want to say. Sorry, Billy. Willem Hurricane. Willem Hurricane. Willem he Hurricane. plays the cigar box guitar, and his partner plays the saw. And he bends the saw. And like, so he's an interesting cat, to say yeah. the least. That sounds, but he that's moved on so to cool. be the So Far yeah. Sounds lead. And he puts on these really awesome shows all around the city. Right. So I don't, I don't know how this became so deep on So Far Sounds. That's fine. Yeah, all, this is all, to uh, say all that what we're leaning into. That's a very cool organization. They now are venture-backed and everything. Back to the, the origin of MakeSpace. In early 2016, um, you know, that that wasn't kind of there to be found. And it's still, I think, a, a layer of qualification, sure. um, a little more polished than, well, I don't know. Makespace has now gotten some pretty polished acts, but I still like to I mean, you had of, me. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, what I'm saying you is just I still peaked. like to think of yeah, right. the um, kind of like an incubation bed for new concepts and ideas that's a place where an artist can come to make space have a very attentive audience yeah so rather than being a show we like to think of it as a showcase yeah right um and and it just started off as kind of this open mic at the pack back office which was our old office um much you know smaller than the office you're in right now and it's gone through a few life stages it it started off and it would be like an email you know Sometimes a week before, yeah. hey, we're doing the next Why not? Know, open yeah. mic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> you know, there's always this frantic panic of you know, are, are we going to even have anybody? Is anybody yeah. going to show up? <laughs> is anybody going to do anything? And and actually, what was kind of cool is I think in that mode, um, that helped serve as kind of a catalyst for Packback team members. Yeah. Um, to step up. I mean, I saw a multitude of examples of a team member like sharing. A poem that you know nobody knew they were they were a poet yeah um, mm-hmm. uh there was uh, a cool time when our, our co-founder jessica had shared a very relevant poem to something going on in the news and um and so from a company culture if we can you know not only like you're saying there's a lot of companies that maybe give lip service to oh and we also care about these other creative passions or whatever yeah no they don't right <laughs> well, care, and even care about it or not i wouldn't even go like eh, maybe they do maybe they don't i i think care is one thing but can you be a catalyst for it yeah yeah and that's that's kind of special so whenever we're planning the make space events there's always that question of like well, who's the pack back team member um that's going to step up brian lynn on our engineering team uh, gave this phenomenal performance. He's a a classically trained pianist. What? And he did this whole piano yeah. performance, and nobody knew it was a thing. <clears throat> yeah. And you're an engineer at, you know, right now we're 80 or so people, 80-person company. What is going to prompt you to, I mean, I guess you could say this is what I'm interested in, but you're not going to self-promote yeah. around the water cooler yeah. that, hey, I'm, you know, a brilliant piano player. And so if we can provide the platform, though, and then, you know, have it kind of in the culture that we try to catalyze the, the moment of stepping mm. up to the mic. Um, so that's what it does for Packback internally. And it just kind of has grown. It became as, um, you know, different people have taken it over internally. It became part of our talent nurturing cycle. Um, really? Folks that run our. Right. OK, talent. that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. It kind of played into just just survey on our marketing team, you know, took leadership of it the last last year or so. Um, and took it to a whole, whole new height and the production value and everything went up. So I always I mean, it had great it had great production value. Yeah, and good, like thanks. and I think that I mean, I've been to plenty of comedy shows <laughs> that have nowhere near <laughs> the, the same level of yeah. production quality. Right. That the show that you guys did. And it was just here in your office. Right. I was like, I mean, it's fascinating because I think that you're I want to hear about how it's uh, in a second, how it's become part of sort of the internal recruitment talent, uh, you know, development program. But what I'm what I what I think is interesting is just like what you were saying is like I worked at an office that was kind of just down the street for a long time that um, it was a great, it was a great office. Uh, fine. You know, fine people. Actually, now that I'm thinking I've worked at two offices down the street for the last bunch of years that were both like this, where 
you know, fine group of people. Everybody's is fantastic, but like you have no sense for what people do outside of work. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while you get a glimpse into it where like uh, someone I worked with was like a award winning photographer and had like, yeah. And was, (laughs) had been published in plenty of different places and then was just kind of like doing marketing. Yeah. Right. And I had never, I had no idea. Right. Worked with her for, you know, three years and had no idea. And same thing is like, I went to, you know, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival as my audience is fucking tired of hearing me talk about, but like, I've, you know, I've done comedy a long time and it's funny because nobody and uh, those offices, I, I would just post like, Hey, I'm going to, a, I have a comedy show in case you guys want to come out. Nobody would ever go. And then finally, like one day somebody showed up to one of my comedy shows and they were like, Holy shit, dude. Like you're like, this right, is pretty right, good. Right. And I was like, yeah, you could go your whole professional life and never right. know any well, of these I want to pause on that for a second. So the mission of make space as we've distilled it down, is that, you know, we believe if you have a gift and it's hidden or, you know, stuck in the closet or whatever, um, you cannot be, you know, your full self. You cannot bring your full value to the world. And I think the paradox that artists and creative folks find themselves in is that usually there's somewhat of a correlation with um, being an introvert to being an artist. Yeah. And so that colleague of yours who's a world-class photographer, I I would guess if I was a betting person that she, she may be somewhat introverted. Mm. And so she's likely not promoting herself no. in, in conversation, right? Yeah. Maybe online in conversation, um, <laughs> the way like a salesperson with their yeah. product. Yeah, yeah. So y- you, it's not enough to just be like, okay with it or supportive of somebody. If you can catalyze the, the stepping up to the mic per se. Yeah. That's where you can really open up somebody's, you know, true self. And that just comes from personally looking for that platform and then saying, Oh, I'm not that unique. There's a thousand other people like this. And then you find more and more talented people as the company grows. And all of a sudden we have make space, you know, hosted by Alex Provolis, which is a whole production. And it, it, it takes time too, Brendan. I think we were talking about like, Okay, am I going to invite this person out to my comedy show? Are they going to hear me talk about getting drunk or some, you know, dick joke or something like that? Yeah. And are they going to come back to, to the classic office? comedy? Right. T- yeah. T- classic comedy yeah. uh, whipping boys. You're going to hear their uh, real creative jokes on Trump because we haven't heard those yet. And then <laughs> they're going to come back to the office. And then how does that change the working dynamic? Sure. How does, you know, do you work with them? Do you yeah. think twice before you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think. And I, me and my um, friends who started the storefront, we didn't invite colleagues or coworkers to come see us do sketch, you know, to come see us do these sketch comedy, do these jokes off the bat. But starting at when I started working at Packback a few years ago, I performed at Make Space my first week at working. It and did. that was one of the best stories we had. And that was like that was I think my third day into this new job, new company. Yeah. And Billy, who I had known through comedy, is running it. But I was like, man, the environment here is just so different. I'm really not too worried about if this bombs, if people think I'm not funny or if whatever. Yeah. Whereas traditionally, if you're three days into a brand new job, you might not want to go up and tell a monologue about an obituary, which yeah. I happen to do. And, yeah. it, and it worked, and people thought it was funny, and they learned a lot more about me and the creative muscle right, that right. people can can flaunt or flex or whatever they want to do. Um, so it's an interesting combination of creativeness but also a work environment, too. Well, it's fascinating done. because it's like, one, what a great way to get assimilated into a team like really quickly. Right. Just right. put yourself out there and yeah. see what happens. And not everybody is going to be Alex and be on, you know, day sure. three doing a bit. But even if it's a year in, right? Sure. I mean, for one, think about the how fast Alex's ingratiation into the culture was expedited. Right. <laughs> All of a sudden, everybody yeah. knew what he was everybody about. Everybody knew what you were talking you about. Know, yeah. It, yeah. You come in, he's like a rock star. Everybody's laughing about it. So that speeds it up. But even if it's a year in or two years in, if you can connect on this other level, and, and we have a featured visual artist at, at every Make Space event. So yeah. there's a photographer or a mm-hmm. painter or whatnot. Um, so all of a sudden, yeah, if you can open that connection and you do these every month or every other month uh, for f- four years. I mean, that just builds on itself. Well, it's just it's interesting because I think there's there's kind of two things that have come to mind. Like when we're talking about it. the first is that it's like when you're when you're 
in a company, I'm a, I'm a pretty strong believer from a management perspective. This is going to sound so fucking boring to all these comedian, all these comedian listeners of mine. They're going to be like, Jesus, Brendan is nerding out about the most esoteric BS. But like from a management perspective, I've always thought like this is a, you're leading a tribe and your tribe, like in a, and in a business and in a team, your tribe has an ideology and a certain view about the world. And what you're trying to do is get people who kind of filter in and agree with that on the same page so that you can go out and do the tribe's work, whether right. you're hunting a buffalo or a mammoth or whatever, or you're going out and you're trying to get people on a sale, you know, to buy into whatever you're doing on a sales team. And like, there's something kind of weird about uh, just saying to somebody, okay, the one thing that you do, like when you get on the phone or when you send emails, that's the only thing I give a shit about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so like when you meet somebody, I think in a place where you're like, yeah, we're going to give you the opportunity. Like we, we have a culture and like, like Ray Dalio in the um, principles says, there's only two things that make a business valuable. The first is, uh, processes, structures, and practices. And the second is culture. There's the only two things that cause businesses right. to be of any value. And it's fascinating to me because that's a really strong cultural thing to be like, we're going to, you know, here's, we're giving you the opportunity to not to be a, a, your whole self here and, and, to, and try this stuff out. I think that's a really cool thing to do legitimately, which is why I wanted to talk to you guys about it. And the second thing is like, um, I think that there are plenty of people who have a lot of talent in something and aren't in the top I think I was just talking to um, James Altucher about this the other day the difference between the best uh, tennis players in the world and tennis players you've never heard of who are not pro but are the are some of the best on the planet is like statistically almost insignificant in the sense that right. we're talking about one hundredths of right. differences of things right. But the guy who's gotten in the 100ths is not going to be a pro or gal who you've never heard of, and they can't, <laughs> they're just never going to have a career doing it. Right. But it doesn't mean that that's not a huge part of who they are. Right. And it is a little weird, I think. It's like, um, just like getting down to some really root shit. It, it is a little weird. Like, this is one of the things that Karl Marx talked about in, in the Communist Manifesto is that, like, the idea that the marketplace doesn't care about the things it can't quantify. And as a result, it doesn't matter how good of a photographer or comedian or, or uh, tennis player you are, you're just never going to ever get paid for it. And right. no one, and because of that reason, it's in the culture that we live in, QED, it's not valuable to anybody. Right. And it's weird. I think it's probably strange to be that kind of person and carry that stuff around. Well, that, um, what you touched on right there of the statistical difference being insignificant um in in athletes is probably even easier to measure than with, with yeah. creative types yeah, yeah. there was you know i i had an opportunity yeah, thank to god i'm not a baseball player man yeah right 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 <laughs> um but there was a stat i pulled i four years or so ago was kind of talking about the early days of make space before it had, had the name in a tedx talk and um pulled a, almost the identical stat for uh, professional creative types, musicians, and it's you know less than one percent of musicians out there that are actually making a living on on the yeah, works, doing right? it, or yeah. like well known. And so the the talent level, you're right, is, uh, I don't think is statistically different, particularly in creatives. Um, what's interesting about it right now, the uh, the book Range is one of the top books in 2019. Oh, really? Um, not, I haven't heard of that yeah, book. Yeah, what I, I think the subtitle is why why generalists triumph in a, a or why generalists will triumph in a specialized world. Interesting. Um and it talks a lot about so it's a great book. I recommend it. I think you you know, it's relevant to the the podcast, but it talks a lot about these I'm going to write, write that down finding right kind now. of the the intersection of two different kind of specialties and one example maybe relevant to the comedy audience here is dilbert the the, the com by the, scott adams yeah the, yeah the 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 author or whatever the writer that that makes dilbert he is cited in the book that he wasn't the best writer he wasn't the best yeah illustrator he wasn't the best business person but he knew a little bit about each yeah so at those crossroads you know dilbert exists as this unique thing yeah so what the, I find but he is in the smack dab of where those three Venn diagrams yeah, he's operate. he's in the middle of a few things. So James Altucher just said that on this podcast on Monday. Yeah, so he's probably <laughs> yeah. citing range. It's a very popular book right now. But if you look at what happens at Makespace, we are categorically capturing people that have range. Yeah. Because they're not, you know, the vast majority of our artists are not like on tour professionally. 
And so it's the accountant down the street or the software engineer or mm-hmm. the salesperson yeah. who happens to be very talented. Like we talk about Brian on the piano. Um, but now these are people that have had to be professional in something else. And they still have this immense talent. So you get into a conversation and, and it's fascinating people that you meet that will come up and perform make yeah. space. Um, and I don't know that we've fully like tapped into the power of that network, but we definitely have captured people with a specific range. Um, although it, we're probably a little bit centered in the technology community. Sure. Um, I, I think we can go outside of that. Yeah, definitely. But that's what is that, that by the way, what is that? Is that the elevator? Is that what that is? There's I, a, I don't uh, know. Truth, truth be told, I've never heard that sound in my life. <laughs> uh, we could be in danger right now, to be honest with you. Uh, no idea where that sounds coming and that's from. the end of the podcast that's yeah. So, yeah oh man they find this footage Strange noise this is the end. audio version of cloverfield well the room <laughs> that, <laughs> right now. this is just so the audience knows the room that we're in was intended to be a closet and then pack back being who we are we've of course turned it into a uh productive room yeah to be used. There's, a, there's a green screen behind you guys can't obviously hey, that, that is a mystery to you as as much as it is to the employees of the company so <laughs> Uh, one day we came in and it was here. This is a side project. The but green screen? The green screen was. No, yeah, no joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Mike, you could probably shut up. I a purchased cut. the green yeah, screen. That's awesome. It's and it on re- par for and it remains back. a secret. <laughs> <laughs> People just pass this room and they're like, what the hell is going on? Literally, in there? it's a windowless room that's off to the side. And you don't want to be caught in here. Uh, yeah, there's no ventilation. It's a panic room, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, man. And that's, that's so funny. where you find us on yeah. this Monday evening. Uh, well, let me. I want to ask you guys this question. Why do you think more. Why do you think why do you think more companies haven't done something like this? Because what's funny is after I started thinking about it I thought this really feels like a low-hanging fruit for like a lot of organizations could do something like this. This is why I suggested that you take it on the road because I think that if you were to take it even to other organizations, it would be extremely popular. Oh, make space. Yeah. So we we yeah. did um when it here Alex, we did start doing that. We I think went to two other locations logistically Difficult. Very difficult. And then we were able to kind of optimize the setting at Packback, and we just keep it here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you know this from performance, you know. Um, the environment's important. Environment's important. Less shows. Yeah. More exclusivity. Yeah. More filling the house. When's the next one going to be? Not yeah. going to be for another month, so you better not miss it when it comes. Yep. So it's just like that Fair whole, enough. Yeah, you know, point. vibe that comes with it. But it was... I was, you know, when I came on to Packback, I didn't know about MakeSpace until after joining the team, but then learning about how we do kind of use it as a an opportunity for recruitment and bringing in, you know, young folks who are maybe interested in checking out a tech company. Yeah. It is one of the most unique, I think, approaches towards finding different talent, and we have. We've hired, got plenty of people here that are hitting anniversaries and being successful that their first introduction wasn't necessarily an ad they found on LinkedIn. It was <laughs> it was it was actually an ad it. on Facebook for some variety show. They showed up. They talked with maybe someone like me who works here and curious about the job. And then I go up and tell jokes. And then they ask about the job. And then it's well, hey, this is an interesting environment. Yeah, it's just to the point where it's such a welcoming place. And the whole perspective is we want to talk to everybody, and from there we'll go forward. Versus. We only want you unless you hit this GPA average, and then we'll take a look at you for an. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's just the opportunity of getting everybody from all walks of life in. Yeah. To find that creative crossroads of is this person maybe a good fit for the company as well? Well, I think that there's. I think that we're at kind of a weird inflection point. Like, uh, we're you know people talk about like late stage capitalism a bunch on on uh you know left wing blogs or sure. <laughs> Or whatever commie places I go to. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, there's something about it. Like, I, like again, I keep referencing this talk I had with James Altucher the other day. But he's he's a friend and he's a, a well-known business writer and uh, you know just a, a a really intelligent guy and a real thought leader, sort of in the space of of um, entrepreneurship, business, uh, hedge funds, all this capitalism, all this kind of stuff. And uh, what's fascinating about it, though, is I think that I've had like two ideas recently that have, that have really stuck in my head, and one of them is that uh, we we we're entering this like era in which if you don't have an organization that is if you're not attempting to draw talent to your organization through something other than 
you can get advancement and we'll pay you money. Like you're just going to miss out on all the most creative and interesting people. Right. And a lot of like the environment that we're moving into, I think, uh, sort of in a culture of, you know, innovation and and kind of the, 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 the way the marketplace is going a lot of the development that happens and the most interesting ideas happen like laterally almost like mm-hmm. a lot of organizations get an idea for something that comes out of kind of nowhere mm-hmm. and then they start building it. And then that becomes the like sure. that becomes the new most profitable idea. And it's not because we were paying attention to all the KPIs and we're just maximizing those. Yeah. I it, agree. Yeah. It's from some, it's almost from something else entirely. It's almost like an alchemy that comes out of this is why Google does 20% time or whatever mm-hmm. they do. Um, I, I think that's one thing. And the second thing is that there's a there's something almost endemic just to American working culture. Uh, and having not worked, I mean, I worked in France for a little while, but I worked at the U.S. State Department. So it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't really a different working culture. But there's this kind of idea that like you, 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 whatever you did successfully previously, that's your whole fucking career now. Like this concept of like you... You started in the marketing department and you're going to retire a CMO or SVP or, or VP of whatever and you're just done. And there's no switching job positions. You know what I mean? You're not going to go to another team. You're just going to move up or down the same ladder. You chose your ladder at 22 and that's right. the one you're going to be on forever. Um, and that's really weird because it doesn't exist in many other cultures that like, you know, one of the um, – I've spent a lot of time in Iceland um, – investigating the comedy culture there because it just started only like not that long ago and um a lot of those guys everybody in the whole island like they got to do like three or four different sometimes jobs like they'll not just be they'll be a marketing person at a company but then they'll also be a comedian or they'll also be and it's that's normal in a lot of other cultures not too strange for people at other places to switch you know positions it's uh and you know what and it's funny especially for like you know, we're a, a, a SaaS company. Uh, I, I work in the sales department. And some of the people that we've had really excel or succeed in the role don't necessarily have, like you're saying, that that one field of marketing, business, sales background yeah. that excel the most. Some of the people who came in with English degrees or yeah. something totally different. Or theater. Right. Who, yeah. Theater is a great example. We have someone Ann Olson. Under, yeah, and Olson yeah. on our <laughs> Uh, on our customer success team, an extremely yeah. high performer. People on my team, uh, specifically like Mahedi, is in English, yep. like, and she's a cook, and she's an excellent cook, and <laughs> but she's an absolute killer salesperson too. Yeah. So it's, I think, being able to recognize people's talents laterally and this this generalist idea that being good at a handful of things or a variety of things sometimes might make an overall more successful person because it's usually not one skill set that it that you need in order to grow in a company or in a position or even in the same field, ultimately you end up double dipping in a couple other things that are going to pay off for you in the long term if you're able to do a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's yeah, it's really interesting. And I think I've seen firsthand examples of that being the right way to go about things. Yeah. Why, why do you think, uh, why do you think other companies haven't embraced concepts like this? I th- well, I, I, I'm, I'm sure Mike can speak to this probably a lot more in depth as uh, as a CEO he's probably got a little bit more at stake than I do uh, <laughs> but I think you open yourself up to a little bit of liability and a little bit of interesting what's gonna happen yeah. when I when we have this company show and someone goes up and says whatever's on their mind <laughs> or you know so there's a little yeah, bit you of, better hope you yeah, you're treating a, your people well there's a little bit of that that because that even goes through That's my so mind funny. every now and again does it really well, wow. because I host uh, the Make Space shows now. So you're like, now you got to deal with it? So I enjoy it, but, the, but Billy, uh, excellent guy, he's, uh, he's a little bit more PG than I can be at some time. Sure. And I've got my, my work hat and my comedy hat. So if I'm going to go up at Make Space and be comedy, I also got to go into work tomorrow morning yeah, the next day. and deal with that. And if i got to have a tough conversation <laughs> and they, they just heard me make it, you know what I mean? So it's, that's so funny. I think it's, it's, well, some, and that's, it's tough to sometimes do that. Yeah, it's interesting. So comedy has kind of become part of, it, you know, more essential to, to make space. Um, I don't think we had a stand-up comedian for maybe the first two years. Right. And that's a different, the, the, the inverse of that challenge is the challenge of, 
somebody goes up and shares a very vulnerable poem. Sure. And now, yeah. now, now we got to go back to work with that person. Well, and they've opened up, yeah. you know, maybe something very personal um, or you just, you know, you, you have a different side opened up. I think in general that leads to a deeper empathy with team members. I, I, I totally connection. agree. So it's yeah. always healthy, but that's like the ultimate, if, if, you know, people are more afraid of public speaking than, you know, I don't know, whatever the stats are out there. Vulnerable yeah, public more, speaking more, is more, even yeah, like even harder. Fear. Right. So so back to why don't more companies do this? I think even with Packback getting involved with MakeSpace probably happened at the right time. We were maybe 20, 22 team members when this started. You guys right? were a small team, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, what do you, what know, do you what's Packback up to now? Um, well... Oh, number of headcount. Yeah, yeah. Packback is uh, about eighty-five. Wow. Yeah. Else. So yeah. you've quadrupled yeah. in size. Yeah. Um, so it probably happened at the right time. But the other thing is, it's not. You know, we could playbook this out, and other companies could do it. But if if the owners aren't um, committed, the, the owners of the project. I yeah. mean, if it's not authentic, mm. you're you're not just going to follow a playlist. Like, okay, Alex founded and ran Storefront. Uh, comedy theater out of his apartment. Yeah. Why don't more people that have apartments run comedy theater? I mean, I did. Oh, I had a comedy show. Right? I, had a, like, but I had a comedy well, show. <laughs> but I totally agree with you. Like, I had a comedy show out of my apartment for a long time. I, I had a one called House of Jokes that I ran. Yeah, for but like my two point years. is, yeah. most people don't because most people right. are Just not us you crazy people. and Alex. Yeah. You are to your core comedians and in perform you know whatever whatever it is that's your core i don't know your true self um but the the point is you porn star you that's know how i see myself <laughs> no comment the, the, I, I am not a comedian i'm not going to turn my apartment into yeah. a theater there's all Fair kinds enough. of hassles to yeah. go through and i just i wouldn't pull it off well yeah so if it's not authentic i mean look at our our team when it was back distilled down to that so you just start with you know from from co-founders um casey is is in a now very well-known band violet crime but this is the third or so band that he's been in yeah um jessica has been a well-known artist um and had all kinds of you know work as an illustrator um the record it, label uh, yeah, well yeah and then the two of them on the side have started to play together records that's great right i mean i've yeah. got music out there i've got notebooks full of writing so th it's not like this had to be forced this was like a more of a release <laughs> yeah it was just more of like a natural thing to happen so i don't know i hope other companies do things like make space because when you start a company and the opportunity we have to run a company we have our mission awaken and fuel lifelong curiosity in every student right and that our, our education focus but we also talk about in the reality where packback is continually successful can we do certain things that become an example setter yeah and can one of those things that is an example setter of oh packback became successful and this was their talent strategy this was their culture strategy can that be emulated then by a hundred companies and can that shift the culture a little bit of what it means to go into a workplace like yeah. you're talking about. So we're not like protective of this. You can have the playbook. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's wide open. Um, I would hope that others do something like make space because then the whole next generation, like you don't have to have this notion of, I need to be either an accountant or this artist. Like, People can have range. Yeah. Well, I th this I guess that's why this was so fascinating to me, and I feel like I should let you do a pitch for Packback in a second because I feel like I haven't. <laughs> we like have only been talking about this one thing, but like uh, I I I just want to say like that. That's I think what's so intriguing to me about that is that there's so much like you were talking about authenticity and things, and, and I mean I think that that that's real. Like you can't fake d doing. You can't fake. You can't fake it, really. You have to you either care no. about it or you don't. And that's why you, you know, I've been, I mean, you know, you, like, the, you with the storefront. Mm -hmm. And, like, I just was thinking with me with, like, all this, like, this podcast and comedy stuff. Like, I don't make money doing this. Right. I don't right. even break even doing this. Right. But, like, I have an audience of people and I, f I love this kind of stuff. And that's authentic. I couldn't not do that. There's right. no reality in which I couldn't do that. Right. And I think that a lot of companies talk a lot about values or we're, we're entering a time period in which we're are already in it where a lot of companies talk about things like this. Like we really care about our people and then they turn around and don't give a shit about their people sure. or we really that most that, places. Yeah. Most places. Yeah. yeah. Most places. And, uh, uh, you know, or, or there'll, there's a level of um, 
And I think that's why, like you were saying, like getting up and talking and being like, oh, shit, man, I don't know what somebody's going to get up and say or we have to deal with that. Like there's a there's a real commitment to that type of vulnerability that the difficulty of someone getting up and saying a poem that's very like meaningful to them or getting up and like I can't like I love singing. I sing in my car. There's no you could not pay me enough money (laughs) to get up in front of. Right. Like enough and try to well, sing. Now anything. that we know that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Perfect environment. You'd be surprised. Yeah. yeah. All right. Maybe I'll do that. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I. One of the things I like to do in my life is as soon as I find out that, as soon as I realize I'm afraid of something, I'm like, now I have to run at it, like at a, right. at, at full tilt. But so maybe I will do that at some point. But the, I guess the point I'm making is that that's very vulnerable and it's very difficult for some for an individual to do that. But it's also difficult for a team to then uh, to then deal with that sure. individual. But having vulnerability on both sides is what I think causes teams to like come together. Yeah. So it's not surprising that the company's quadrupled in size since you've started doing this because it's 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 a huge cultural builder for all the reasons that we've been talking about basically. And I think it like speaks to the core of like you know why you start a business or why you decide to do anything. And and sure. it, I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's the. You know what is that? The self determination theory. Yeah, doing some, doing an act for the love of doing it, not the reward it gives you. Your podcast or what else? What? What, what else? You're dropping Karl Marx and whatnot. It's not. You should take a look at the <laughs> self determination theory. I think you might. Yeah. Just read every line of it and think this. Who, who is it? Who wrote? What is that? A book or something? A group of PhD. Um, yeah, I mean the 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 popularized book is Drive. Oh, Drive. So there's range and then Drive. By um, Daniel Pink. Ah, yeah, that would be a good. Oh, one. Dan Pink uh, did also did to sell as human. To sell human. Yep. Yeah, that's a good book. Same author. And then Epstein is uh, is range. Ep- Epstein, huh? Yeah. For the three components, there's different verbiage out there, but it's purpose, um, mastery, and autonomy. autonomy. Yeah. So if you think about that, actually, in the context, it's an interesting point of of make space and and self determination theory is one of the the cascading frameworks that. Uh, guides the the packback product feature set when it, when we talk about facilitating a learning environment. But to take that to make space, y- you take somebody who has already mastery over their their particular you know skill set or art, yeah. right? And they they likely have close to mastery over two potentially conflicting things, right? Piano and software engineering. Um, but then you know it's totally purpose driven, right? You're not you're not being forced and you're not being paid to go up there. Um, and then autonomy, the choice, you know, is, is yours. And so, you know, that's, I had never really thought about make space through that lens, sure. but I think that's just uh, a really multi-talented comedian slash salesperson that can drop <laughs> theories right. just about anything. Right. Bam, bam, let's, bam. Let's Athletic. drop off a segment and just talk about me as a person. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> how brilliant I am. High school so tight end for the football <laughs> Average nine yards per reception. Yeah. Uh, total one catch that entire four <laughs> years, though. But that's yeah. okay. I wrestled in high school. I got a, I got a, I got a letter. 200 out of Twitter sh- followers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I got a letter purely out of the number of matches I had, not out of the wins I had. <laughs> so this guy uh, could take a beating. We could use a guy yeah. like this on the practice team. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm actually an award-winning football player. Uh, are you really? No. Wow. The pause in the room. <laughs> no, I am an award-winning high school football player. What was, was your award? I in? was as a senior. Most the, times uh, putting a jersey uh, on. As a senior, I was the the scout team. <laughs> Scout team all-star. Oh, really? It, it, I, yeah. I like to say it was the scout team MVP, but it's it's strictly the scout team award. Yeah. So, scout team. It, it embodies quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. It, well, you, you know, you want your practice to determine your games, and so they keep the best player, leave them in practice. Sure. Don't, yeah. don't even bring sure. him in the game. Practice yeah, why? Why have risk getting exactly. him hurt in a game when, yes. when you need him for practice <laughs> right. b- before the Let next Let me one. elevate the practice yeah. quality. Keep yeah. me there. Can't keep, afford to get this guy hurt. Keep yep. him there. Keep yeah. him. Keep him, In fact, just have him around. Don't even have right. him on the field right. during practice. Right. Yeah. Make sure it's somebody who's... Give him a... Give him a he'll be know, like a boat swing. Yeah, for the football team. Maybe I don't know. I was maybe I remember I had a goal that I was trying to pass 150 pounds, and I just couldn't. Yeah. No matter how many triple super ultra whey protein (laughs) uh, buckets I I purchased, you could not put on. I couldn't do it. Maybe five foot four. Oh man, Hi, that's so funny. Uh, let's the, before we round up. I know you guys are you guys you're checking your phones, and uh, we're we're. I don't want to. I want to be respectful of your time. I got, I got but time. like, um, I'm curious, Alex. How did you get involved in comedy and and uh, and the no. storefront and all of this sort of thing? Uh, yeah. Um, 
So let's see. How long have you been in Chicago? Uh, I grew up in Brookfield, uh, so just outside the city. Um, known for the zoo. That's what everybody's thinking, and that's Dope. what it is. Great. Yeah. Um, so that's why I, he's an animal. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I'm an animal. There you go. Uh, so I've been doing comedy, boy, uh, maybe four or five years. Um, pretty on and off, mostly on, I would say. So the way I started, my good friend, uh, Pat Thomas, actually just got married New Year's Eve. Um Congrats, congrats, Pat. On, congrats on that, Pat. Everyone give a shout-out to Pat Thomas. Um, so we took an improv class at Second City, that old chestnut, right yeah. where it all begins, <laughs> Second City, where dreams are. Everybody gets famous. They just got to pay about $1,200. Oh, my God, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then they're there. Um, no, so we went through that. We went through like some improv classes, and um, really shortly after that, uh, kind of just turned to Pat and was kind of like, all right, I think I got it. Yeah, I think I got the framework here. All right, let's <laughs> let's go try and do some stuff our own. And yeah. Coincidentally, at the same time, a place I was living at, which was attached to a store, like a literal storefront, um, on Damon Avenue in Bucktown, um, was vacant, and the owner of the entire building. And there's actually I've done a few podcasts with people who just did a story on this, offered up the storefront to us for free because they were gonna what? demolish the building. Wow. So we had about eight months with a completely vacant storefront. My roommate at the time was a construction worker who came from a family that owned an events company. So he built a stage. What we got the fuck? 50 seats in there. Yeah. And we started putting on shows. Uh, I remember the first, and this is just terrible privilege that I shouldn't have had. The first comedy sketch I ever wrote in my entire life, I put on stage like three weeks later. Oh, yeah, and it man. Was, and it was terrible. And it was just like, <laughs> whatever, man. It was just, but it was just like, yeah. we now had a venue, a stage. All of our asshole friends and family that we could fill a theater with and literally put anything we wanted in front of people. That's amazing. And uh, I literally, the two guys that I had taken a class with uh, like a year in my first year of trying comedy, I was like, hey guys, I'm starting this theater out of my apartment, you know, that old thing. Can you guys come on and just like be writers? I know you guys know have a writing background, didn't really know much about it. Uh, some of my best friends to this day, four or five years later, and they're head writers of our our theater, and that's our flagship show is a sketch comedy show. Now. Yeah. So we ran shows out of there, variety, improv, stand up, sketch, lots of music. Went to Trapdoor Theater, did a stint at Seven Seven Three, a couple stints at Second City. Um, kind of found our own groove at the old Flatiron Arts Comedy. Building, oh yeah. Yep. Uh, at uh, Six Corners there. And we've been running shows there for a few years, and most every week, Thursdays and Fridays, um, kind of a couple se- uh, couple months on, a couple months off, do seasonal things, and um, really just kind of found our our vibe there. And it's just, it's it's funny. We've been talking about the concept of people who do, you know, things outside the role. You know, Anton is our head writer, a brilliant sketch comedy writer, is an extremely. Uh, talented computer engineer software yeah. engineer got his master's yeah and has been working at a company rob is a psychiatrist and he's a hilarious <laughs> I love that. that's so writer. funny pat is a consultant and he's an auditor and i've been in sales yeah. my entire life but we've been together working as a team putting on comedy shows performing doing one-offs traveling around actually the country at some point just trying things out not because we're making money we're losing money but yeah because it's fun and there's something about it so yeah that's kind of where i got to it and it's it's totally changed now i actually love doing solo stuff monologues and yeah just telling stories whereas when i started it was improv then it was sketch and then it was writing and now i now i just like to go up there and tell a story or two and it's kind of yeah this like now. storytelling like the moth has completely changed the culture of like yeah. There's all these storytelling slams now and these storytelling showcases. Yeah. It's and I've they're mine are all comedic. They're usually um there's usually a little ups and downs or something that's maybe a little bit more serious at some point, but I've just found like I love I love telling a good story and um it's yeah, now it's like I can't get enough of it now. So I'm that's uh, it's kind of where we're at now, and hosting. I've, I've come to really like it. Pack back. Yeah, I'm just working with different people. Yeah, it's just I mean, like being having a having a crowd and having like being able to like share something. There's something about that connection yeah. that's just kind of really. And it's I always hated when you're in improv or in sketch or um, music's always awesome for this feature. Just breaking that fourth wall and engaging with the audience. Yeah, being able to say something and seeing someone have a totally wild or different reaction. My favorite thing to do at every make space is start the entire show off with crowd work. Yeah. And it's just like, just get a feel for the entire room and like 
get the the that exciting energy sometimes of going to a makeshift pop up show is you really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Maybe this guy is going to start talking to me about my day or, yeah. or who knows. And so just that atmosphere of being able to play off the energy in the crowd has just been kind of an intoxicating one that that's like where all my focus and like interest is right now. Hell yeah, man. That's yeah. great. Well, and that, uh, that reality right there that Alex just described, you know, as I just kind of think about the world, I, my hope is that more people live like that. Maybe not the touring and they, they're not going to open up their, their homes, but I would hear a lot of sentiments such as, I used to think I would be a singer, but now because it can't be the main path, yeah, that Let muscle, yeah. right, and that like that aspect just doesn't get explored, yeah, um, you know, or uh, or, or, or exercised, and um, so it, you know, th- the world is healthier, I think, when more people are exploring that creative side. There's that famous quote of, um, you know, Hitler wanted to be a painter, yeah, and it was, yeah. it was, I don't know if you imagine that. if he had succeeded, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, if you read. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, well, well, the War of Art. So, really oh yeah, it's a great book. In the War of Art. He he talks about the resistance and yeah. how how much of a force this resistance that blocks us from doing our creative thing is. And you know the way he frames it is he says it was easier, you know, for Hitler to go off know, do, and do all this awful yeah, right, shit right, than it was to, for him to, to pursue the being war an artist. Than it was to be yeah. a painter. And so if we can break down those barriers, I think the world's a little bit healthier. Yeah. Uh, I, fi- you know, I am. Um, so I'm glad we finally brought up Hitler. Uh, <laughs> finally, yeah. we every got time, to it. Every time I get in a closed room with Mike, my, my timer starts. And it's how many minutes pass before Mike brings up Hitler again? <laughs> that's it's the countdown. This oh, time, my God. That's it was so less funny. than an hour, which I had over. So, oh, my God. That's so funny. Uh, well, Mike, how did you start Pack Pack, man? How did that all come together? Sure, pack back. Um, pack back started. You guys can't see this, but when I asked Mike that question, he he could not have acted less interested. In <laughs> Just shrugged it off. Yeah, whatever. Fine, I'll I, talk about it. I could talk about pack back all night. Uh, I was more checking my watch to see how how much time you had. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it is unique to talk specifically about MakeSpace because. Um, that question I do answer quite often, yeah. but I'm always <laughs> happy to share it. Packback started um, with a group of students at Illinois State University. Yeah. So we we're a group of state you know, school kids, and um, we entered a business plan competition. Packback today is an AI-empowered online discussion tool uh, that facilitates a learning environment to awaken and fuel curiosity. That is not what our business plan pitch was. <laughs> <laughs> so what you talked about of, you know, sometimes it's, yeah. it's more of this like alchemy that forms something else. I think it was a little bit more of a logical sequence than than alchemy of how we got to pack back questions. Sure. But the original idea was to rent digital books by the day. So to bring cool. the same uh, a la carte microtransaction model that all of the media uh, mediums that we were passionate about had gone to music, movies, you name it. Um, textbooks had been caught because of the market dynamics yep. of it's more like pharmaceuticals than it is like music because the the students, you know, are not the decision maker on the book. Yeah. And so we were Boy, trying that's to interesting. That. Yeah, that's a fascinating yeah. concept. Yeah. So yeah. we were sitting, you know, so we won a business plan competition for that and a little bit of, of cash. Um and uh, we were sitting in our college apartments and calling, cold calling um, executives at publishers. We were on LinkedIn. We were reaching out. And we were trying to partner with textbook publishers. That's what, you know, as we picked up momentum, got us on ABC's Shark Tank when we were fresh out of school. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, it, Casey and I had the opportunity to go on. Jessica and, and Nick were not on the show. They were still in school. I was out of school. Because I'm the old guy that's now 30. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're a young and, dude, uh, and this is your fucking company. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. That's That especially rings true because uh, Mike <laughs> wasn't able to be in the Chicago's 30 under 30 photo that oh, they just took for Oh, shit, back. bro. That's Three right. out of the four. Uh, Three out 30, of the four. You know, <laughs> but I have the wisdom of the 30-year-old. So <laughs> yeah. um, So, anyways, that, that kind of got the ball rolling um, four years into that. So we scraped by, grinded out, trying to, like, move mountains with textbook publishers um, and developed a lot of really great relationships. It wasn't bad people by any means within these, these publishers, um, but it was, 
it was really hard to try sure. to move that. Um, it's in, an old industry. Right. In, but being in the weeds, even though we were students when we started Packback and we knew higher education, we didn't really know the professor's world and, you know, what huh, the instructor yeah. goes through. Yeah. So around 2015 into 2016 is where we rolled out a test of Packback questions um, as basically just a better discussion tool at first. Um, you have available in the market right now learning management system discussion forums. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it doesn't really scale. And so as we were seeing more courses go online, higher enrollments, um, and just all these really rich experiences where we engage with each other as friends or colleagues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, yeah. you have a night and day different experience on your discussion forum. Oh, my where God. you're supposed to go engage yeah. in all this really, really rich, meaningful Stuff. subject matter. Right? Yeah, rather than – yeah, oh, my God. This yeah. is – I have flashbacks. I took two – at my end of my college tenure, I took two uh, online courses, and the discussion portion of those online was uh, it was horrendous. Yeah, memorable in the worst way. Oh my god, so, it was so awful. So long story short, just think of Packback, I, I suppose, as um, a, a social media-like environment, although a learning environment that then has a very intentionally designed feature set um, that's based on frameworks like self-determination theory um, and components of learning science that scale yeah. uh, the engagement side of learning. So, well, that's cool, you fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I'm no, just kidding. No, we love it. It's, it's yeah, the, I think it's kind of cool. We're, we're the least nerdy uh, software. I mean, I think that you're in, you're in the right business because I think the revolution for online learning is going to, I mean, it has to take place. Sure. That like this, sure. this the, the, the culture of education and across the world is changing and it's cool to be at the center. It actually is interesting to be at the center of that. Mm -hmm. My joke aside, it is actually interesting to be yeah. in that. Well, I'm offended and you're no longer welcome here. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but hopefully the audience understands Call Cuban. What, uh, <laughs> what Pack Back does now. Yeah. Um, but no, we've had a great, great run. We're really fortunate with a great team, great backers. City of Chicago is a great place to start company as well it's growing yeah it's growing uh i think we hit it and we shot our bolt I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys wrap up but where can people find you where can they follow your stuff where can they uh where can they check you out sure um for makespace makespacechicago.org yeah very cool um that's where you check us out we also have a facebook page which i believe is makespace shy dot or makespace shy is the classic facebook. shy <laughs> and makespacechicago.org is the website. Yeah. Um, so so come by. When you come to Makespace, you'll learn more about Packback as well. Um, Packback is www.packback.co. And um, Packback Co. is most of our social handles. Awesome. Yeah. Um, my name is Alex. I, I live on Walton Street. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'd love to meet you. I'm a lonely guy. I'm dangerously available individual. That's his tagline. Uh, dangerously dangerously yeah. available. So, uh, so Pack Bag awakens the fearless, relentless curiosity. And uh, yeah, we, we employ Alex, who's dangerously available. Dangerously available. Oh my God, it's so uh, funny. Yeah. Um, storefront comedy. Um, find us at Storefront Shy on uh, all the social medias. Storefrontcomedy.com is our website. Um, we're always looking for performers, writers uh, of all different types. We like to collaborate, work on different things. So if you reach out with us, connect with us, give us a like, let us know what you do. Um, love to collaborate. And um, coming up, make space as well. Performers, we want to we wanna hear from you. We want to see your stuff, and we want to get you up there. Um, so, yeah, the, you can find me there or just kind of hanging around streets i guess just walking around <laughs> just walking I'm, around walton i'm Street, a really man. original uh bearded guy who wears flannels a lot so hell yeah man it's tough. we're in the same boat yeah <laughs> when you walked in the room i was like is it is it am i interviewing myself yeah is that what's happening yeah <laughs> I, I can throw my glasses uh, more like well thank you guys so much for spending the time man and uh it was yeah. and thanks for having me at make space i feel like that was really actually was a treat it was really wonderful yeah to be, appreciate to that yeah, spread the, the word man job. we're trying to get um they didn't have stand-ups before I started, uh, before I took over, so I'd love to get more and more diverse comedy and different That would be awesome. And, yeah, yeah. I'll connect man. you to a whole bunch of them. I, 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 coming off of that show, I thought there's like a, I thought of like six stand-ups who I was like, this, they would be perfect for this. Yeah. So cool. We've so, started, uh, I've started to check off some of the, my favorite people so far, so I'm, I'm excited to keep it going. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, thanks you guys so much. Meanwhile, the madness continues. Thank you.
Thanks so much for listening to the Madness Continues podcast. Once again, this is Brendan Lemon. If you liked what you listened to, please take a minute to like, to subscribe, to give us a rating. It really does mean a difference. I say us like there's more than one person doing this. Uh, It's just me, everybody. So every little bit of support you can lend would be really appreciated by me. If you want to share this podcast, it would really, really, really mean a lot to me. I hope you come back. I hope you listen and check out the other podcast I produce, Funny Planet, where we talk to different comedians from all over the world about what they're doing and how they are funny in their own cultures. You can learn a thing or two and you'll have a laugh too. Anyway, take care. Take it easy. We'll see you here next time. <laughs>